welcome. Thank you. Welcome you. It's when, when, it's when will it end? When will it end? We're, we're getting towards the end. Maybe. It's I guess been, we're over half. It's been three years of watching Grisham movies. Oh my God. Can you imagine if, remember that podcast where they just watched Grown Ups 2 forever? Yes. I thought that was such a, yeah, that was hilarious. Great podcast. Oh my it, Obviously it's been done, but I don't, I think I'd rather watch Grown Ups 2 every day at this point. And I'm sorry. And Grisham's. And I know that this is your choice and this grown is your love. Grown Ups could have been, I could have chosen Grown Ups and very derivative and had two or three of them. And, uh, but I don't like those movies. I don't like the first one. I don't like Adam Sandler. I liked him when I was a kid and I like some stuff. Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. Good one. That the two movies that I like from him are movies that you're not like, I don't think you're really supposed to like him in Punch Drunk Love or what's the other one? The Uncut Gems. Right. He's like, isn't there also one about (laughs) 9-11? Yeah. What's the one where he loses his family in 9-11? So sad. Right. I don't know. There's one where someone has cancer. Does he have cancer in that too? He has cancer in the movie, in the Apatow one. And yeah, funny yeah, yeah. people. Funny, funny people. Uh, I haven't seen that. The thing about Sandler is he's very, it's a very, comedy has these specific times, you know, and, and it's trendy, but, but those kind of like very, uh, like a lot of hyperbole in the characters. You mm-hmm. know, it's like they have their, their times. Like that was very novel when he was doing his like weird little voices and stuff and yeah. going back to kindergarten. I think Grisham would like, uh, I already forgot his name. Well, I'm having a weird day today. Uh, Billy Madison. Or just the guy in general. Oh, just Sandler. Sandler. Yeah. yeah. So I got a, a tetanus shot yesterday. Oh no. And I'm but- feeling like, a little oh, wiped out. Oh, bummer. But it's good. I got to meet a new doctor. He was very nice. Oh, that's cool. Tetanus yeah. shots are good. It's only every 10 years, right? That's what he said. He's or like, if it's like six or seven years and you get a nasty cut on You know what he sketchy. said? What? He said, when was the last time you got a tetanus shot? And then I said, I don't know. And he said, tetanus is everywhere. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> everywhere? Really? Yeah, that was insane. I was like, give me that shot, Man. friend. He said, tetanus is everywhere. Then he gave me tetanus and then I had to get the shot. Yeah. yeah. He attacked me with tetanus. <laughs> I think Sandler and Grisham would be boys in the nineties. Cause basically uh, Sandler is just like it, it, the trend of all those movies in the nineties was like, I'm superior. I'm the best boy. And if I hate you, I'll beat your fucking ass yeah. so that you learn that you need to be a better boy. So it's like, yeah, it's very aggressive. Mm hmm like edgy first of all he always paints himself as the simple man like what's where he's a new hampshire guy and he like is rich and then he mr deeds mr deeds i fucking hate that movie yeah that wasn't that good it's just all and it's just like but all of his characters that guy basically yeah like the lowly normal man like bruce willis he's basically like bruce willis if he didn't have guns right yeah bruce yeah bruce willis if he didn't like grow up too yeah i mean that's true. He is for sort of childish. Bruce Willis is pretty grown. He's really what? Grown. Gr- grown up. He's, he's grown. grown. He's so grown. So you're saying he should have been in Grown Ups too? Well, he's already, well, yeah, he's already grown up. The others are kind of arrested. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's in, he yeah. was in Grown Ups too. And then he aged out. Yeah. Um, Adam Sandler in the nineties would be a good side character in one of these Grisham movies, you know, totally like side characters yes. are like where the real nut jobs come out to play. And I feel like he's the stupider version of Tom Cruise in the firm. Mm-hmm. He's the stupider version of Matthew McConaughey in time to kill. Yeah. He's just like, he still believes in the power of the individual stupider, but I don't think Adam Sandler's characters would have sex with that prostitute in the firm. I think no, Tom Cruise's Tom. moment of stupidity is worse than any other. That's true. That, no, he know. would see um, like a beauty to her whoredom, right? Right. He, or, would protect, he, would, he would protect her from Tom after Tom sort of protected her from the fake rapist. Yeah. And you punch him with a hockey stick. <laughs> exactly. We should get Adam to like cut himself in. Yeah, I know. That'd be fun. But yeah, just punch drunk love. I, I think he's angry and annoying and aggressive. And it's, I think it's more of PTA yeah. fucking with a genre rather than me. Like, well, look at this wonderful boy who finds love. Yeah. It's like, no, it's, this guy's intense. It's so well done. Yeah. We watched that during the, recently, maybe post pandemic. 
Held up. It's good. Yeah. It's hard to know. I mean, you watched it. When you say post pandemic, you mean like post like quarantine? Po- yeah. Post quarantine. Yeah, that's a good way to say yeah, it. Post, yeah. Post COVID. Kind of still in the pandemic oh, yeah. in some way. We'll never leave. Yeah. We'll never leave. But there's malaria in the country. It's nice to be today. Here. There's malaria now in USA. That's cool. Yeah. We finally got it. Now you don't have to go so far to get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to get the, back when I was, my first, it's too long and I'll tell you later as like a very intimate look into my life, but I or did. 10 grand for anyone. Another 10 That's grand true. opportunity. This is a story, but I'll tell a little bit of it. I almost went to like, I think it was Madagascar because I was strangely dating some like Christian person back when I was scared and lonely. Were they doing missionary work in Madagascar? Yeah. And then as soon as she left, I was like, oh, I feel so much better. (laughs) Madagascar has got to be fun though. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's out there. I was sort of excited to go visit. Yeah. But then I couldn't go through. But anyway, I was going to get, I got malaria pills. Yeah. That I never took. I took them when I went to Thailand. Oh yeah? Yeah. How long were you in Thailand? Went a couple times. I went once for three weeks and another time for like 10 days. Where are you such a Thailand guy? That was fun. Well, the first Thailand trip was with one of my best friends and we went to Thailand and Laos and it was just sort of like a backpacking, you know, mid twenties kind of situation. Great, great trip. Probably the best trip I've been on. That sounds really fun. It was great. Uh, second trip was a Groupon. A friend of mine found a this Groupon? Groupon for Koh Samui for some like resort. Wow. And, I forgot all about Groupon. Yeah. And she was like, here, we get people together. So we all got all a bunch of people together and went to, that was a couple of years later, but it was weird because, you know, I didn't mean to go to Thailand twice in like four years, but like when you go to Thailand twice in a finite period of time, people make like uncomfortable assumptions about you. And that was kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. I've heard about that. Yeah. But hey. I just like Groupons. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, but today we're talking about maybe the most, there's been a lot of wild shit happening in the Grisham verse. I feel like this is one of the looniest verses I've ever been a part of. And I've been in like, this is crazier than Harold and Kumar. <laughs> <laughs> and this fucking Francis Ford Coppola adaptation of the rainmaker about a lawyer is it's just, it's out of why, control. Why Coppola signed on to this one? Like I could see Coppola signing on to the Pelican brief. Okay. You know, I could see him signing on to the firm, like ones where there's like real immediate danger. Yeah. Like meat. Yeah. Like real danger. This is. I'm going to look up Mr. Coppola. Cause yeah. What was he doing at this point in his career? Uh, he must've had, oh. he must've had some huge hits before under what his you, belt. What do you think about this? When you search for C O P P on IMDb. Yeah. Sophia comes up before wow. Francis then, Ford Then his wine. Uh, it actually Nicholas Cage for some reason comes up before Francis Ford Coppola. Wow. Sorry, Francis. Interesting. No one cares about you anymore. This felt, um, it vibes. Have you seen the conversation? Yes. It's sort of, it was as destructive as the conversation scene, just like all the fucking time. Yeah. So it had weird energy. It did. I mean, he like, it was very stylized in some ways. Like I like the music from the beginning. Oh my God. Um, the shots were, were pretty beautiful. A little weird. It's some, some of them were a little too like fisheye or just like, I don't know, just seemed a little like withdrawn camera just seemed in like weird places a couple of times. But, um, but I mean, I think that part was cool. I mean, once again, the, the, the cast was another like banger cast of like lots of people. I like seeing Danny Glover just pop in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, what's his name? Roy just did a little pop in. Yep. As the CEO. Yeah. yeah. Now what's CEO stand for? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so funny. Do you think people didn't know what a CEO was in the nineties? I don't know. That was strange. It was weird. That was very weird. Yeah. <laughs> like just like 45 seconds of a script to define the CEO. Yeah. Very strange. But maybe it was just showing that that's all, even though uh, Danny was very smart, I guess that's all he wanted. He just wanted to like, cause that was in the morning when he was late. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, as per a lot of these, it's like Grisham really excels with the side people. I mean, DeVito is so good. I love that character. Yeah. Like the, like the failing the bar exam and like 
all the weird like hustle shit and the way he, even the way he skips out the door at the very end, which I thought was, was such a great final image. Mm-hmm. Um, have you read the book? No. Okay. I've read the book just a couple weeks ago. Deviations. I, th- unfortunately, the reason why I think this movie is such a weird movie is that he really tried to stay honest to the book, mm. but then he didn't have time. So like, so basically the book starts with him going to this like old folks home. Yeah. And he meets. And that's where he gets which, the cases. Both cases, which yeah. I think is good that they didn't show that scene because it's yeah. long and unnecessary. Yeah. But he meets both uh, the old woman with the will and the less old woman with the dead son, dying son. But then because he tried to include like every fucking bit of plot, he had to cut out so much that most of it just doesn't make sense anymore. Right. Like there's a whole bone, the whole bone transplant thing is that the dying boy has a fucking twin brother. So they're like, well, normally bone marrow transplant isn't going to work, but we had a perfect donor, but they got rid of the perfect donor part. So I was just like, Oh, so this wouldn't have worked. Like I didn't know (laughs) the arguments were were all over the place. And I think if I hadn't read the book, that's why I want to ask you about all these things. Cause I feel like I only understood this movie because I read the book. Otherwise I would have been so confused. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a good point. Cause it's like, there are some things in hindsight, like it's good. They cut off all that, like exposition in the beginning. Cause that would have been boring. And like in most Christian movies, people are used to like some awful massacre grind, <laughs> opening, not like an old folks home. Like, you know, Hey, can I like con you for some stuff? But it is kind of strange that this guy's like, can't find work. But he has cases, you know what right, I mean? Exactly. Like, like who does that? Who's like, listen, I really want to work at McDonald's. I've got the potatoes in my trunk. Right. You know, I can just yeah, yeah. I can make some fries if you bring me in there. You know, it's, it's cr- like and if weird without the setup in the book, it just feels weird. Yeah. Because in the book, you you spend like a whole, you know, like honestly, about 10% of the book about him getting these cases Yeah, where he meets the people, he goes back to their houses, he talks to them. And so you understand why he has the will case and the, the insurance case. And here's just like, wait, Oh, he just picked up this fucking huge ass lawsuit from a workshop. Like, I don't know. It makes no sense if it's just dropped as like a massive loss. It's so wild. Also that fucking deal that he like takes of like one third and has to pay a thousand dollars. If he doesn't get any work, like that guy does nothing except like show up with his license. But I mean, still it's like, it's a, you don't like that deal. I mean, I just think it's not super motivated. Like, I mean, I think that my biggest problem with this movie and the reason why I didn't like it <laughs> the first time so you, would, you would hate to be this guy is, well, it's just, it's just kind of like the stakes are kind of low. Like, I don't know. He's like, he's not shown as this guy that has like a particularly bad lot in life. I mean, he needs a job and like <laughs> being a wait, but it's like classic Grisham oh, like being yeah. a waiter or whatever right. bartender is the worst. Like, Oh my God, like what an existential dilemma to right. like not have a real career, you know, but like, that's really it. It's similar to the Tom Cruise firm thing where it's like, he grew up poor, but at least for, like with him, it's like, Oh, he's really talented. He's like really like a go getter. You like kind of like, like him because he's like hot good. shit. Yeah, yeah. He's hot shit. But but with this one, it's just sort of like, I don't know, dude, you really exhaust all of your options. Like now you're going to Bruiser Stone, which is a great name. I mean, Mickey Rourke is great. Mickey Rourke is the king but of this movie. Though. Oh my he God. He disappears. I mean, that's the other thing too, is like, he should be a real antagonistic or protagonistic force, however way you want to go. He like sort of starts out as you think like, oh, maybe he'll be like a real antagonistic force throughout. But then you just forget about him because to your point of totally. all this stuff going on and they're trying to tell like all these different things. There's way too many people, way too many cases. I think we're going to spend a lot of, well, maybe not a lot of time, but the fucking Claire Danes subplot Ugh. is, a, is it's not great in the book. It's actually sucks in the book, but it's like. In a movie version, it's just every time it goes back to that shit, it's just like the movie falls away. And I'm like, why are we, what are we doing here? But we can talk about that more in detail later. Cause I think that's a a sign of the trouble is when you have amazing characters like Mickey Rourke and Danny DeVito, that's the fucking movie I want. I wanted to see him work on one case. I do not need the fucking will case. Cause wait, what even happened? So her son shows up. They yell at a, like, what was, did that even get resolved? 
Not really. I mean, I think it was just like kind of, it's sort of like sporadic conflict, but then like it sort of just washes over and she basically chooses him over. Right. She puts him in the will. That was such a, her point of the story is for him to get housing and then some sort of will thing. And it's also kind of sad when he's like, thanks so much. Like, you're sort of expecting him to say, like, no, don't put me in your right. Will. I don't you know. don't know do me. You I'm your yard boy. I love the yeah. yard boy stuff. Pretty good for a yard boy. That was yeah. great. But yeah, no, just like very strange that he's like, also, he needs a place to live. Like, that would be another good detail of like, I'm living out of my car. I can't, you know what I mean? Like, mm. just to like to raise the stakes of like why this guy needs to go to Bruiser Stone, why it's like so dire. Like he's just sort of like yeah, in the book, so the book opens with him finishing up law school, working as a as a bartender, and he keeps going like, "All right, now I need to get a job." And he fucking his 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 classmates are doing really great, and he hates them. And then he he goes to like forty law firms mm-hmm. and just like dropping off resumes. So there's like this whole. And obviously, you can't put this in this movie because it would have right. been four hours, right? But the, you get the sense of why he finally is like, "I sh- I just need a fucking job." Okay. Where here it's like. Oh, the first job offer he gets is Bruiser, and he takes it. And it just feels like, what a weird... They need to explain that. For someone who doesn't know the source material, it just looks unmotivated. Right. So you get rid... I think you as a script writer and, you know, son of a script writer, Mm -hmm. you know, just get... Fucking cut that shit, right? 100%. I've never written a script. But it's like, if that makes no sense, just get rid of... Who cares? Just have him... Like, you could start this movie already like we don't need the backstory i think yeah. just have him already working for bruiser yeah and you can like hint at why he was desperate right or we, have him yeah. get fired in some disgusting way that takes up a, a minute right so we can't know? get another job at a yeah, regular have him be like canceled in some way or whatever yeah. you know yeah. i mean you can do that shit in 30 seconds you know you can yeah. find a way but yeah, this is the big problem in this movie is that if you haven't read the book, it makes no sense because they just decided to put in everything and then cut nine. They cut 90%. They included everything, but then yeah. cut 90% of it. But then should have cut other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like two hours and 15 minutes. Once again, you know, this could have been, this is just basically like one drawn out weird lawsuit trial. Like it could have been an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Or a lot of that stuff. could have been a fucking show. Yeah. But in the 90s, TV wasn't really. No, it was so segregated. Yeah. Movies and film were completely different universes. Yeah. Like, I don't don't know what HBO was doing in in 95. They were probably, that was a, their prestige television was on, was happening, but it wasn't like where most people were were doing their shit. So, but this honestly, I think could have been a really fun, like eight part miniseries. Oh my goodness. I know DeVito storylines, bruiser storylines. Like, yeah. Uh, I love one of the best lights is gallbladder, wrong fish. (laughs) It seems great. So that's what I mean. This movie has Uh, so many great moments with him. The energy in this movie is so intense yeah because i I don't i was looking at what francis was up to and i forgot he just sort of stopped making movies but the 90s he did do godfather part three um he did this was near the end he did um bram stoker's dracula so what did he do right around this like before it so jack the rainmaker jack and the rainmaker Jack, that would be Goldberg movie. Mm. Or no, wait, is it Adam? No, that's jumping Jack Flash. Or no, something. it's Robin. Robin Williams, Diane Lane. Oh, James, based on a James DeMonaco story. Just like going from the Godfather to the Rainmaker <laughs> is like going from like Jurassic Park to like just like some little movie about a turtle or something. You know? that sounds great though. I'd yeah, watch the turtle movie. Turtle needs Wait, steaks, by so. Francis still? No, Kinda. no, no. Who did by Spielberg? Yeah. Spielberg did Jurassic Park, right? Yeah. But I'm just saying like, it's just like the just scope. Like, it was Godfather three to the, like what made him be like, yeah, the rainmaker, but that just shows how like Grisham know, just man. like Grisham had his moment and like he was still hot. I don't know if they, I, I honestly, I should have looked at more fucking trivia because it isn't weird that they got, uh, the next one is fucking Robert Altman. Yeah, so I don't like, I why are these old dudes just suddenly 
making trash movies that are going to be big. Like, was this successful? I didn't, I didn't look yeah, at box technically, office. Technically it made 45. It cost 40. Okay. So this is, we're nearing, that's such it was a quick. The reason why they don't consider it a success because of comparison of things like the firm that just right. like blew out other movies. Grisham's Grisham's rise and fall was incredible. Yeah. He I mean, went three in a row and then just suddenly was like, wait, four in a row. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think, um, cause the chain, so yeah, was, client Pelican brief firm, all murdered and then and then I feel like a time to kill and chamber is when that started to get a little and now we're stuck with this shit where it's just like the most hokey this is a hokey movie yeah and I think you mentioned the opening music I might even cut it in because it is so weird and swanky yeah, way no, to start it really a movie. is different yeah. <laughs> it's such a it's it crazy sets the tone um but there's a lot of weird violence in this movie, but that's, it's like almost, this movie is like a slapstick movie. I know. Do you remember the scene where they accuse that guy of lying and he's like, fuck you. And he charges the juror, yes. jumps over yeah, the jury, Billy Porter or something. And yeah. men are flying in that scene. The Did you notice the guy that basically concusses himself? <laughs> I don't know. I was mostly seeing John Boyd and, uh, the guy who, you know, they left in a shot where a man runs into frame, slips and smashes his head on the ground. Ugh. And like, this is just an actor just Jeez. trying to get his fucking That's no pay. Just he didn't have any lines <laughs> and he just runs in and concusses himself just to be in oh, uh, the man. rainmaker. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I miss that. But there's the scene where the guy rips an entire cabinet oh, out yeah. of his wall. And then it can't really fit. <laughs> So, he throws it on the ground and can't you can't it like kind of gets stuck yeah this whole movie is just like yeah. is this bizarre energy i don't know what was happening i I couldn't figure it out yeah well and also yeah it's very violent domestic abuse and it's very brazen i mean like i just felt like it was such a caricature of that kind of, like it's like a real serious awful thing that happens all the time but like he was doing it in in, in like broad daylight which just made me think like you're at the hospital with Claire Danes, she's totally bandaged up. And then you're like assaulting her at least emotionally and verbally in front of all these people. Like, how are you not going to get the cops like immediately? Like, well, he got arrested questions. and then he just got put back. And I know, but it's just, it's just like, there's not enough of like, it's just like, it just seems like it, it seemed a little too over the top for that. Yeah. Kind of stuff. This movie was at an 11 the whole ride yeah but it's also a very sleepy movie it's sort of boring it's very boring yeah i think that's why i don't like it because it's like it has all the ingredients it's sort of like when you you know it's like when you have all the right stuff in your fridge but then just something just doesn't cook mm-hmm. right at the right temperature you know? oh yeah i i'm ugh, i can't i've decided now i'm 40 almost i'm not making anything that's like that needs to be flipped or like a dumpling, mm. like a pierogi. Yeah. I'm not doing, I, I spent like an hour trying to make these like dumplings and oh, they just, yeah. they I just like fell apart. I almost started crying. Yeah. And that's really the thing tough. is you have all these great ingredients and then you just comes down to packaging it. You just buy some good frozen pierogies. Exactly. You know? I can do that. Yeah. Some good pot stickers, whatever. But yeah, trying to like, why am I wrapping my own pierogies? Yeah. No, I feel you there. I've never tried to assemble those. I mean, make my own pasta. That kind of stuff's too hard. Right. What are you, what are you doing? People who swear by homemade pasta. Yeah. What the fuck? I know. Just get a box of burrito. I got podcasts to record. I can't make pasta. Yeah. Get a box of burrito. Like I bet if I made, I don't know, you could probably tell the difference, but really, really yeah i mean you gotta have all the yeah all it's the right just flour flour yeah it's flour and water yeah and i guess you can throw an egg in it mm-hmm. right yeah it's just flour and water an egg who cares and then it's the shape and then it's the shape yeah that's the important part the bucatini mm-hmm. have you ever had a bucatini of course had every shape you've had every shape of pasta i'm sure maybe there's like one crazy novelty one at like the you know i mean there are only a few there's basically tube there's like cylinder had all of them there's what's a hollow cylinder called um terotic cylinder the one that's like sort of like a little oval well because there's there's all sorts there's penne ziti bucatini are all hollow noodles yeah 
And then you got your fun shapes like butterflies mm-hmm. and what are you? Farfalle. Have you, you read Orchetti, which is like the little like, uh, no, there's this one that my, my wife's family calls ass hats. Cause they look like little ass hats. What does an ass hat look like? It's like a little hat you put on your butt, I guess. Is sort of Can't like, you put any hat on your butt? I don't get it. Uh, if you, I'll sh- What's it called? These days, it's called? I think it's, I think it might be Orakiedi, but it, it might not. That might be the little one. Orakiedi. Um, You've had every pasta. This is I'm wild. Sure, man. I mean, there's not that many, like you said. There's dozens, right? Yeah. These are there's spirals. There's squigglers. There's these are assets. Or oh yeah, I get it. Yeah. They look sort of like beans, like squished beans. Yeah, they're very good. That does look like a good pasta. Yeah. Anyway, like why are you making, I think prepackaged pasta, like, I don't know. That's why I never eat Italian food out. You're spending like $25 on a fucking plate of pasta that I could make at home for two bucks. You get like eggplant though, or something a little more like, you know, eggplant. What? What you going for? If you're going to, what's your, what's your favorite Italian restaurant? My favorite Italian restaurant? Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know. There's a, like this thing. Do you go out to an Italian restaurant? There aren't that many here. I mean, Grazia is pretty good in, uh, in okay. North Adams, you know, what's your go-to dish? Yeah. I usually get some kind of like eggplant parm or chicken parm, but like, but like I'm talking about like sometimes you get eggplant that's like, it's really pounded down and like they have mm-hmm. a mallet that Breaded? I don't have, you know? Yeah. 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 Right. Right. This, is, some eggplant this is eggplant problems. Like, you know? I, that's, I think a good point is I would trust an Italian over me with mostly yeah. and nothing, but eggplant is one of the things I would trust an Italian and, over me. And like risotto, risotto is pretty tough. Oh no, I'm good with risotto. I can make a good risotto. Yeah. Mean risotto. All right. Yeah. I mean, time what are you, consuming. you literally, no, I mean, it's time consuming, but you don't have to do anything when you start it and you just let it go. Mm. Risotto, you just put rice in a, in, in, in water. Yeah, I hear you. But then mix all the good stuff in. Yeah, but you can't, it can't be too like mushy. It's know? cake. You can make a risotto. Okay, I believe in you. Right, you just put wine in. You put wine in it. Yeah, that's a, next time I'm at an Italian restaurant. You want to hear about the special risotto tonight? No, I've oh, been told you. I can make that. Give me eggplant. Have you heard episode six? <laughs> I can make that. You can. Yeah, Grisham can. Anyway, but he can't make. I, I will let you know that weirdly enough, the Rainmaker is my favorite John Grisham novel. Really? I really like the Really? Book. Yeah. Wow. So it's that's so weird how it didn't translate at all then. It's because what I liked about the book that I think he didn't really capture in any of the other books I've read by him is like I really got a sense of who this character was and it was just sort of fun yeah. spending time with him. Sure. And the thing that they tried to get but they didn't capture I don't think was the relationship between him and the judge. Right. In the book. Yeah. Cause like he's supposed to be like the civil rights, like right. background and like, yeah, no, I know they hint at like him being like different and cool and right. He but, doesn't really f- come through No, in the book. There's, he's just like, he's so it's like not even fair how biased he is towards uh, so Matt Damon's character. Yeah. So he's just like, this guy hates this insurance company and he just is always siding with what's his name? I don't even fucking Bo Bog. Bog boy, Bogurker. What's his name? What's his name? Wait, who? Bog boy? <laughs> the main character. Matt Damon? Yeah, what's his name? Um, Roy? No. <laughs> I just watched this morning. Rudy! Rudy! His name's Rudy. Yeah, Rudy what? It's convenient with a B, right? Baylor. Baylor, Rudy not Bog Baylor, boy. Yeah. Baylor. Sounds like a football player. Yeah, Rudy Baylor. All of his care. Mitch McDeer. Rudy <laughs> Baylor. Yeah. 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 Uh, he... I don't know. He just, I think what Francis Ford Coppola took away from the story is God, it sucks to be a lawyer. And I want my main character to sort of be exhausted all the time. He just sort of looks tired all the time. He does, but it's like, I mean, it's funny how you like spending time with that character. Cause like, I don't really get a sense of who this guy is at all in this movie. He's the thinnest of all the characters to me. Rudy. Rudy. He's yeah, he is. He's thin. He is very thin. Maybe it's because I'm also, you're thin. We're both thin. He's, his characterization uh, is thin. He doesn't thin. have a lot of depth. Yeah. Well, in the book, he also doesn't, but he's more of like a, he's an access point. Sure. 
Yeah, and you sort of, I just sort of liked... He's a vehicle for this world of colorful things and characters. And yeah, He's very and empathetic. I like that about him. I like how he like kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, He really breaks this fourth wall down between him and his clients, which you're not supposed to do. But I mean, that sort of justifies like now you're in the will stuff. Like, you know, when he hugs the mom after the son dies, like there's some stuff that's like pretty... Right. You know, it's very touching, but... Um, Have you ever hugged a mom? Yeah, I've hugged a bunch of moms. Okay, so you're sort of a Rudy, you're saying. Yeah, definitely an empath, yeah, 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 for sure. You got some Baylor in you. Yeah, for I better or see worse. that. Yeah. Oh, just for the better, I think. He's yeah. a good boy now, especially he quits. I love that that's the end. It's like, oh, fuck I know. this shit. Always ends with a drive somewhere. <laughs> it's not a Grisha movie without some just gotta hit the road again. Get out of here. But I love that he's just like most, everything else has been this is jump starting my career. Yeah. And this one is, this could jump start my career, but uh, it's a very chamber esque sort of ending where it's like, true. you expect him to win the case and have a lot of money. And then it's like, it's, it's very abrupt. How it's like 50 million divided by three. Then you're like doing the math as an audience member. How it's were like, you doing the math? Oh no, never mind. We don't have any money. I was doing the math. Yeah. What is it? 17. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. 16.666 or something like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll round it. So what would you do? Yeah. I guess you could round, you could just do, I would do probably 17 to me, 17 to the mom. No, she said she was going to give it away to charity. Yuck. Yeah. Yuck. Ten, 10 to the mom. It depends so yeah, what the 10 to the mom. Is. Depends what the charity is. 20 to me and 20 to, to, well, it was to leukemia. Yeah. It was creating more leukemia. Yeah. In the world. She, um, and we could give 20 to Danny. Danny yeah. deserves it. That boy has. Oh, I mean, I guess this is in. This is in the book, I guess, but I just thought it's it was... It's all in the book. Okay, so the whole... There's Every, no... Everything in the movie... Everything in the movie is in the, is in the book, and then there's a hundred... There's just like I, 400 times that. I had a real problem with... Again, it's like nothing that Matt Damon does is active. It's like all this stuff just kind of <laughs> happens to him. Class, classic, classic Grisham. Grisham. Our main characters are passive. This stupid reveal that they don't pay out any claims. Like, it, duh. Like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? But also, they do pay out claims. Yeah, but it's... They pay out... Uh, it's. I thought it was going to be 1,162. So this is the thing. In the book, this doesn't translate in the book... They spend so much time being like, they aren't giving him documents and they give him fake documents uh-huh. and the judge is always on his side. It's fun. They get to see like the judge and Baylor tag teaming on these, on these idiots trying to fucking use their own system to, to win yeah. by, by disclosing and by not disclosing information. And then the judge is like, well, you have to disclose the information. So they do you, I'm going to, before I tell you, what do you think was the big book? Remember when Roy comes um, on the deck and he and and uh, matches like slaps down the giant book the manual was that like the manual? No, the second thing, the giant thing when he's asking about the claims. Uh, and remember, he gives him like this yeah. big ass book. Yeah, and I don't think it was explained, was it? I don't. No, I don't think so. But it's probably just the book of all the claims that they didn't. So pay in out. the book, in the John Grisham book, yeah, they he says. I need to know how many claims you had, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, oh, I'm just a CEO. I don't know that information. So the judge is like, what the fuck? It's been two months. You need to have this information. So I give you 24 hours to get Baylor this information. And then they're like in a, in a backhanded sneaky way. They're like, all right, fine. We'll give you this data dump that you're going to have to sort through to find it. Uh, okay. But then Baylor turns it on its head. Cause then the next day he goes back into court. And he's like, so CEO, how many claims did you have? And he's like digging through this fucking giant book. And then he's like, well, this was the information you were supposed to give to me yesterday. So why can't you just give me the information? So yeah. it's more fun in gotcha. the book. Yeah, Here's just confusing. Fun. Yeah. But then it also doesn't have a payout because they pay out like 20% of their claims, right? Yeah. So like, that seems fine. I, I don't know. That's the thing is I'm not no. an insurance person. So like, but yeah, just the way that they like, but the way that the, like <laughs> secret, like handshaking woman, she's like, they don't buy anything. Like it's just like right. muddle it so much. So weird. And, and it's just, uh, but they pay out the whole reveal that it was like 1100 versus or 11,000 versus 9,000. I'm like, well, I, as a layman, maybe that is the appropriate I thought it was going to be 11,000, right. 11,000. Right, right, right. I was like, oh shit, they're not paying any claims. This is damning yeah. information. Yeah. 
But as a juror member, like, oh, okay, yeah. maybe that's appropriate. It just, yeah, there's just a lot of like real kind of like middle of the road stuff like that that wasn't like interesting enough. Like there was like elements of the Grisham stuff, like the corruption stuff, like where they're like recording them and then, you know, the classic Grisham right. thing of like, let's get them. We're going to like, we know they're recording, so we're going to do that thing that leads to that fight that we were talking <laughs> about. But then it's like. So the point there is just to let them know we know what you're up to and like we wanted this guy to like beat you up and maybe hurt himself too. Like that well, guy is like. It's much bigger in the book because basically they, so much time is spent on jury selection, which. Yeah. Wait, we haven't done runaway jury, right? No, but okay. I, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah. I just read the book. Yeah. Um, And it's basically like the book runaway jury. There's a whole section about these are the people we want. These people mm-hmm. we don't want. Sure. It goes through how the process of skipping jurors, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So if they use, they don't just do one. They do like eight, eight of the people <laughs> that they really don't want to be jurors. They pretend to contact. Uh, so that way, when it gets down to selecting jurors, the uh, defense gets rid of the people that would actually have made like sided with the defendants. That would make so much more sense if right. they explain that. They just explain getting rid of one, one guy. guy. Yeah. And they have that quick shot of the bulletin board where they're like, here, this is where we rate him or whatever. Yeah. But they don't say like, this guy's the worst. He's going to like really. Yeah, and there's more. The one person. Yeah, or something. So it's Dude, strange very silly. Adaptation. Yeah, strange adaptation. What are you doing? Just get rid of it. But I, I think Francis Ford Coppola just really wanted every scene that could result in violent mayhem yeah (laughs) i love my favorite moment i think it might even be mvp as the cabinet the kitchen cabinet that was just to me i was like sort of in a daze trying to like uh, doing laundry like this is sucks i hate this movie and then that scene happens yeah where a man pulls an entire cabinet from the wall and throws it at another man (laughs) and then he throws a, a refrigerator at him that scene ruled. I know. That was such a fun. violent guy. But it was goofy violence. It was oh, like yeah. you'd expect it in like a cartoon. Yeah. Super self unaware. Just like weird. So silly. Dude. Yeah. This movie is very silly. It is. It's it's so fun. And you read all these reviews on Letterboxd being, I think if this had been directed by anyone else and this is a silly game because you never really know, but it's like, sure. Would anyone give a fuck about this movie I anymore? Don't think so, and every review is like, "Wow, sort of a a lower f- f- FFC, but still FFC." It's like, "Hey, <sighs> wh- FFC is not a great filmmaker. He's done like four <laughs> movies that are okay, and still, just because it's Francis doesn't mean it's very good." Yeah. No, it's a weird choice. It's just, I don't understand why he he just could have done everything. He's coming out of Godfather. He could have made any movie. Why did he make this? I think he, he's a bad, he's just a bad filmmaker, especially in the nineties. I'm not a huge Godfather fan. I really don't think it's a very good movie. Sort of boring and simple and, you, you know, you know, whatever, but it was, you know, it's good for the seventies, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think you have to put it in its place where it's like, I don't think there'd ever been something in that world. So I think people are like super into in the, that. The mob? Like that kind of real, like, you know character driven mob stuff. I think that's why Sopranos was so, you know, well received too. Yeah. Cause it's like, you see the humanity the behind the, yeah. That's you see a, a little movie. bit of them, a little bit of the mob there. They're good really get mob. To know them. Yeah. I don't like the humanity of the mob. Who fucking cares? Yeah, I hear you, but who you cares? Know. We've had, we've had humanity. I mean, I guess maybe the, no, cause like, all those gangster movies from the thirties and forties were all like mob movies. And you saw the humanity of Al Capone and right. A little bit, but they're always like the, yeah, I mean, I guess some of those. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's just sort of silly. I think it's just a little silly. Like I don't care about Tony. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't. You know? Yeah. No, I I, wait, it was Tony? Yeah. No, who's Tony Soprano? Oh, no, not. Well, yeah. Well, who's the guy in, uh, like, who's the godfather? Uh, Marlon Brando. Well, who's, yeah. There's a uh, the titular. It, well, who's the titular? Because there's two godfathers in that one movie. We have yeah. two titulars because one takes over. What's his name? Not Luigi. Um, Corleone. Don Corleone. Don. Wait, no. Don's a tight. That's his title. He is a Don. Yeah. yeah. His name isn't Don. Is it? No. Oh, his name Don? Uh, I thought he was the Don. I'm I'm like pushing 40. 
similar to you and my yeah. brain. My brain is not like a... You should get a tetanus shot. It really makes everything <laughs> harder. It makes everything harder. Vito like, Corleone? Vito! Yeah. Who's that's old man? Then there's Sonny. Oh, Sonny. Fredo, Michael. You know. Michael. Yeah. You know who says, oh, that hothead Sonny. I feel like the hothead Sonny would have been a good character in, in that's the like Rainmaker. A Grisham. Yeah, that's like a yeah. Grisham type character. Yeah, Sonny, you could imagine throwing a cabinet at someone else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the cast has seemed better than the story throughout this That's thing. a classic Grisham as well. Classic. Yeah, great cast. Like, who cares? Yeah, it's just the like the packaging. That's what's so interesting. It's like, they package these like, famous directors and actors and... But like, I don't know. He's sort of, it's sort of amazing that they, they all keep agreeing to do these. <laughs> well, that's what I was sort of getting at. Like keep doing these. It was literally what? Five years. It was from 93 to 97. And you know what the thing is? This is what's fascinating about the industry is like you make the movie and you edit it and you release it. And like things are just put in motion Mm-hmm. way before so it's like by the time the firm comes out they probably already shot the uh, next oh, two absolutely. So definitely Pelican Brief was Pelican the same Brief. year but like you know it's like there's just so many in the in the tank that yeah it's sort of the train kind of leaves the station and they're just like oh and then by the time that third one Pel- or, you know, whatever mm. the client makes money it's like okay we're just like making as many Grishams as possible and then it's as quickly as it money. started the fucking chamber just destroyed it yeah but all the, the fun runaway jury comes back and I think you know kind of puts it back Puts Grisham a little back. That's a that. that's a new millennium, right? Yeah, yeah. Grisham of the new millennium, space Grisham. Let's send Grisham to space. We can need lawyers in space. We did. We're gonna need lawyers in space. It's gonna be very fraught. You think so? Just way more room yeah, up more there, like countries and people go up there. Yeah, for sure. There's no countries in space. They're gonna be no. Yeah, we're gonna set up a little thing on the moon. That's oh, gonna be the launch on. pad to Mars. Just you wait. Charles. They tried that in the '60s, and everyone's like, "Oh, wait. this sucks. There, this sucks up that here." Emotion. We're gonna have a man on Mars by like end of 2030s, 2040, something like that. We already put or oh, a woman a on pers- Mars. Thank you. A or person, a person, on Mars. person on Mars. Yeah. Uh, why? Why are we putting a person on Mars? I don't know. We're always trying to do this kind of stuff. I don't stuff. get it. It seems strange to me that we would it's prefer to. It's to make sure if like there's a catastrophic thing, we can like continue the species elsewhere. Right. You know but what the I mean? like planet if an of Mars coming. is way worse th- currently than any catastrophe that's happened on Earth. There's right. no air there, my friend. No, you like, have to terraform no it. Yeah, you have to terraform it. But like maybe thing. we could just terraform our planet and stop fucking it up. That's a, that's a novel idea. <laughs> I, was like, I think we're, it's more about the asteroid thing or like the, you know, something like nuclear you, war, you, like that kind of idea is why they want to do the Mars. But again, I mean, I think my point still stands. There's no air on Mars. Yeah, so as no. bad as it is on earth ever. But there's no humans on Mars. Because there's no air there. Right. But maybe humans are the problem. But we're going to send humans there. Shit. <laughs> that's the whole point. I know, but maybe we'll just rebrand ourselves. So it'll be like, no, it's not. Okay. Humans. That might work. No. I think, and then we'll need the lawyer. Martians. Uh, yeah. I think that one of the things I loved about this movie the most is they've, I think Matt Damon is perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. So totally. sort of early Matt, I think. Yeah. And he's still sort of meek Matt. He's, yeah. This is pre-born. Yep. Uh, and he plays like, Someone who is, he plays like, uh, Costello and everyone else is Abbott. No, I got, I flipped those. He plays Ab. Wait, who's the, who's the fat guy? Who's the uh, funny fat Costello? guy? Costello? Yeah. Costello. Yeah. He's Abbott. Yeah. And the whole world is Costello's. Yeah. Everyone's a Costello. Yeah, and he's just, true. just trying to get fucking by. Yeah. The whole true. world is, an, but I love how he just sort of takes everything in stride and the whole yeah. world is completely out of control and he's just like eh, whatever totally i'll just keep walking yeah i'll just try this case whatever. Yeah. let's go drive around yeah no he just goes for it not much danger though for him except for the claire danes's you know right. husband let's talk about the claire danes subplot yeah because this is the worst part of the book uh it's the worst part of this movie and once again it shows that maybe as good as he is now uh john grisham is still he's either a misogynist or just a really bad storyteller when it comes to women characters. Yeah. Cause so far we've had, I mean, let's, I haven't read the Pelican brief, so let's just set that aside. Cause it's a little outlierish. 
Yeah. But she still doesn't have too much activity going on. She writes no, a brief. But at least she's like she's a talented yeah. thinker. You she know? does write the brief. Yeah. It's a great brief. Yeah, it's a great brief. But we have Roark. Yeah. This terrible the, character. Like, slutty law student. We have wife in that same movie mm-hmm. who's completely just yeah. thrown out. Yeah. This movie has Claire Danes, who's just completely not only is she at the mercy of her shitty boyfriend, which is realistic. Like I'm not saying these things aren't realistic. Yeah. But to make the whole character all she does is get beat up and then wait for Matt Damon to save her life. Yeah. She does nothing. And the only thing the movie changed over the book was in the book, Matt Damon. Well, Matt Damon was in the book. <laughs> Rudy Baylor kills the guy. Ah, wow. And then she it. literally says, you go, or no, he's like, I'm going to leave or something. <laughs> I think she says it's okay, but he's like, I need to get out of here. We'll pin it on you. He actually and then I'll is try like, to we'll pin it on you. Whoa. It's insane. That's uh, wild. Really trash. At least in the movie, she finishes him off, which yeah, I respect. They know that, yeah, that's a takeaway all like ability of everybody there. It's know? a absolutely insane ending. And the whole, like, it sort of sucks that we're back to pro-death penalty, John, where he's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I want to be a criminal lawyer. Oh, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't be a criminal lawyer. And she's like, would you, would you help murder yeah it's like maybe would you help a wife beater he's like wife beaters must all be shot and executed yeah. it's like dude yeah he's just like it's i mean obviously it's it's just so weird to see john grisham's like he thinks drug dealers should be executed mm-hmm. he thinks violent offenders should be executed he's just like yeah. that's you know they're violent they're cruel they're corrupt so we should kill them yeah <laughs> and yeah. no one would do it anymore no no due process yeah no due process john wild so it's yeah it's really interesting to see that guy return to tell another boring story about just a woman who has no control over her life and has to wait for her knight in shining armor to true. save her Sucks. true yeah she doesn't also just like the dumb backstory about how like i wanted to go to college it didn't work out it's just like eh, i don't know it just seemed very like just not original you know he mm. writes these great original male characters like the devito oh yeah yeah like Bruiser, Borg, yeah all these people but Bruiser is great but yeah she's just so fucking boring but let me ask you a question if you were married to your high school sweetheart who is very good at softball i feel like you got i mean he's really good at softball did you get that? No. Like, would you leave him? No. Would you? No, exactly. You'd stay with, cause then you'd have to marry someone like Ruby Baylor, who isn't very yeah. good at softball. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That'd I do. Be a real disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that his whole character, uh, all of his characterization was just violence towards wife and very good at softball. It's a really funny character. It is funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, not the first part. The first part is sad. Yeah. But no, I mean, very good at softball. Yeah. Oh, baby. When they drive by with dying leukemia boy, uh, yeah. just to watch him be very good at softball yeah. and her be very sad. It's just like, it's perfect. Yeah. Francis, you nailed that shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, You see sad dying boy with boring man watching sad woman and happy softball man. Yeah. She's like, wow, that's America. Yeah. Yeah. That's America. That's, that's one. That's a quintessential scene. You could cut out the Claire Danes story from the movie. Hundred percent. I mean, it's yeah. weird to see all these different legal problems. Like, mm. I get it because of like what his job is, but it's like then don't but make he doesn't that have the a main job. story. You know what I mean? Make the main story be something about him related to his life, not necessarily like just oh, good these point. Disparate cases, and one of them ends up being the one that like you resolve. Like, I mean, that that's way. a great point. Cause all we know about him is are the cases that he's doing. Yeah. And you get a brief, like my dad, this is this movie where he talks about, cause like bad dads are another Grisham constant. Yeah. Right. This is the one where he talks about how he, yeah, he recognized what Claire Danes was going through because it reminded him of his mother. Uh, uh, yeah. But that also is like the client. Yeah. There's a lot of that. When the client has to tell his story of being yeah. a, a big boy. Yeah beating up his dad with a yeah. baseball bat. Yeah. Right. He loves baseball. bats. <laughs> so funny. John? Loves baseball bats, loves gotcha things on like the prosecutors. The prosecutors yeah. are always getting gotcha. Um, or if, the, or, you know, the other side of the case, whatever it is. If you could describe the case against, could you do it against the insurance company? 
Like, this is supposed to be the most fun and exciting part of the movie is watching the case happen. No, well, it's like the whole mat when they talk about the machinations of it, like they come by and you pay cash and they, you know what I mean? It's like, what kind of a policy is this (laughs) where they're, it's like a drug dealer, you know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, you got twenties and tens for me. Like, it's just like, I don't know. Just, it's just bad. Just shading us all around. I mean, the case just seems like both sides are like have legal loopholes they could ex- exploit just depending on the judge, depending on the day. Yeah. I think that's the thing is I walked away. Try, I was trying to think of like, if I hadn't read the book, would I even understand either side of this case? And I think they cut out so much from the book and yeah. tried to leave it all in, but then cut everything that I was just like, I don't yeah. quite follow. It seems like if they didn't think that blood or the bone marrow transplant was going to work, then why, why, I don't know. Why would they cover it? I don't know. Right. Who knows? They don't explain Like that's the whole case where in the book, it's like very clear that it was covered. Yep. And that he he had a donor and it was like, everything was set up. So it was like very clear cut that this was the right decision. And the movie just makes everything so vague. It's like, I don't even know. I mean, I don't like insurance companies, but they don't, I mean, who I don't, I can't see them at fault in Francis Ford Coppola's world. Yeah, I know. I know. It wasn't as like, you know, it wasn't like Aaron Brockovich or something where it's like, yeah, this is evil shit going on. Right. You've got a real case here. It was just sort of like, yeah, everyone's kind of like shitty and getting exploited and, tragic figures abound, you know? So it's a bad adaptation. Cause that's like to turn this, basically this movie ends with him being like the takeaway is that every lawyer sucks and I'm going to get out before I become a shitty lawyer too. And it's like, you see this idealistic guy who wants to be like help. Yeah. And I don't think the John Grisham typically is pretty cynical, but I think this book isn't that cynical. I think this is one of the few where it's like really shows a man who wants to do well. And I think he does quit law at the end of the book too. I can't remember, but it's still, it's like, it's so much less just like, eh. And there was a shit balls flying around crashing into shit all the time. And then I left. Yeah. It, it's weird to have him sort of punch down on law because it's uh, most of these movies. It's like, oh, it's like law is very interesting. You can, you know, both sides have like things they can do and exploit. And but yeah, to your point, it's like this is just a you know lawyer jokes. You just become a lawyer joke, right? And that was the theme. And this was the height of lawyer jokes. Yeah. So I don't know. I just it's sort of distasteful and uh, uninteresting, and it takes all the wrong shit from the like the the old woman will storyline is her family comes back and they convince her to move down to Florida. Yeah. And then she's abused by her. I mean, it's a shitty plot line too. It shouldn't have been in the book, but at least it like has a story and it gets yeah. to an end. And here's just like the, her son shows up and they yell at each other and then that's over. Agreed. It's like, why the fuck Francis just cut this shit. This story feels like something Grisham would have written early in his career before he like figured out how to make the the real hit novel. You know what I mean? It sort of feels yeah. like an early oh, draft. It's, it's slop. And, and that happens sometimes you get, you get to the point where I've seen this and show, you get to the point where everyone loves you and says everything you touch is gold. And then you actually don't get enough criticism sometimes to like push something forward. But I mean, in, in the case of the book, it sounds like you like the book. So maybe it, it's, it was loose. It comes across better. It was loose. Yeah. It was, it definitely felt earlier career where he's like, this is a story of a young lawyer who's, trying to figure out what it means to be a lawyer. Yeah. I don't know. But like, there should be more. You should play with that more. You know, if that's the theme, that's a good theme, but it's like, it's just, he plays with it with those couple of lines about lawyer jokes and lawyers being trash. And right. The whole thing is like, Oh, I just shouldn't become one. I'll go yeah. do something else. What do you think he's going to do? Teach law. What? But he's just going to make other lawyers. That's even worse. I know. It's strange. That's like, I know you hate, you don't want to become a lawyer joke. So you decide to just write, a big joke book of lawyers, <laughs> lawyer jokes. Oh boy. Yeah. It's pretty sad. I know he should like start a restaurant or something. <laughs> you watching the bear? <laughs> no, no, you don't like the bear. I just haven't watched it. It's good at all. No New season started. Yeah. No, I've heard people talk about it. It's good. I like nice. it. Nice. The second season isn't as good. I don't think. Okay. But it's still okay. Nice. It's good. But the first season is, I think a ripper. Nice. Yeah. 
one thing that I mean, just to weirdly compare it to that, but like the joy of embrace, like just engaging with fiction is like feeling like you get to be with other people. Yeah. And the bear is a really wonderful show. There's like six characters and the whole first season, you just sort of like meet them in very intense ways and you feel like you're there with them. Yeah. It's just this movie fucking rainmaker just feels like you're not even in like just watching a trial. It's just like, it's so muted and boring. It, It is. I was bored. Like I was reminded that I was bored a lot watching right. this movie. You know, sometimes you just watch a movie and then it ends. And you're like, yeah, I was a little bored. It was a little too long. But like, I was actively bored and noticing I was bored. Yeah, this know? this really stripped. I think there's some movies that make you aware of like the actual structure of filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, and that's not good. Yeah, exactly. When you're just like, oh, this is a movie, and those are actors, and it's yeah. just the whole everything was revealed yeah. because of how fucking bad this is. Yeah. Um. Do you even, do you have an, this is somehow like, I don't think it's as bad as the chamber just because of the material alone in the chamber is just so rotten, but this is not a good movie. No, and it might be worse in other ways. I know it's funny because it's like, I feel like I must've missed the chamber. You must've. Cause that's when, a- when I was, when I was watching during the pandemic, cause like that was the one thought I had is that like, well, I remember Rainmaker was like the big stinker and all the ones that we watched, but like, <laughs> chamber de- like this coming after the chamber was like oh it wasn't as bad as i recall no the opening i had a lot of promise i really liked the opening like yeah. 10 minutes yeah i was having fun. fun yeah it's fun it's really great with bruiser and devito but these are all guys you know bruiser like i said he just disappears yeah i think you, i gotta give I'm, I'm choosing mvp it's gotta go danny devito I think he's, he's always good. He's mine too. He's yeah. so he's fantastic. That character is so good. I want to know where he's skipping off to when he takes that last little jump step. It's like I almost feel like he took all the money from the from the insurance company, even though that's not rational. No, but it's he like didn't. he leaves like like he did. Like it's just he floats he's up off. To something. It's so crazy. It's the ending. Oh, so good. It's so realistic. There are people like him out there. You yeah. know, it's so I love that. I mean, that's it's, that's what, why can't Grisham write women characters like that though? You know. Like I know it's so it's very strange. Well, he must just be bad at that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the only, the woman lawyer, the only woman lawyer we've seen so far has been in the client and she's, you think she's hot shit. And then you realize that, Oh no, she's just a mom. Right. Pretending to be a lawyer. With an alcohol problem. Yeah. yeah. She's not that important or that, no, that good she, at what she does. She's got an alcohol problem and lost everything. Like she initially starts off also not even she's, she yeah. acts illegally by taping the conversation with Tommy yeah. Lee Jones, which was cool. It was like a real cool moment of like, oh yeah, she's badass. And then yeah. the rest of the movie is like, oh, I don't want you to go to New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to die. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's standing to veto rules when he's tr- crawling on the counter because he's so short. Oh God, but yeah. like, I think it's a moment that isn't funny because it's like, look at the short guy. It's just like, he's really going for it. Yeah. He's a short guy. Yeah. And yet he still does more than anyone else in the movie because he's motivated. Totally. It's so fun to watch him. Like, I love when everything. he takes over on that trial and reset, you know, and yeah. man, he's late when Rudy's late. Yeah. Why do you think he hasn't passed the bar? I think that's one thing that after ethics, seeing how the good ethics he is, exam, you think it's the ethics part. Yeah. The ethics exam, what gets a lot of people when they're like, that. really? Yeah. Oh, you see, you know this. Yeah, anecdotally know some. You know. Uh, so the ethics is not, it's not as clear cut. Yeah, because if you're ethically a little challenged, I think it's like harder to like guess the right answers to that stuff, you know? That was the only thing that I thought was unbelievable because he was such a good lawyer. Yeah. But that makes sense because he's he also not an had ethical this, person. And they also set up that he had this niche insurance type stuff that That's he true. knew. So he really, he knew what he was talking about from that lens. So maybe the other stuff too, he didn't know as much about. Yeah. Well, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, same MVP. Rare. I think it's the first time we had the same is. MVP. I'm glad I didn't give it to the cabinet. Yeah. This is nice. Give it to someone who deserves it. I think Bruiser could have been MVP if they had put him <laughs> in 10 more scenes, you know? Yeah. But, the scenery, they just call him in the Cayman Islands or wherever. And he's just like, oh let me help you out there. But that was great. Yeah. Yeah. He needed to be in the, but the same thing happens in the book. The book, he just like suddenly is for sure. Well, he just yeah, is gone. FBI, yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you think there's more? No, I think this is one of those cases like they've made it impossible to franchise, except if you made it like about Danny DeVito, pick up with him next movie. Yeah. Spin off to DeVito or Bruiser in like the middle of nowhere. I mean, honestly, 
when will it begin is like the way I think about this franchise. Like it really leaves you with not much, you know, you're, you really want to just like see these other people spin off. It's, it's just a very, uh, unformed, a true dud. Yeah. A real dud. I was excited. The music was fun. Title's kind of weird for what this movie oh, is. That's because they cut out. The only thing they cut out <laughs> was the titular character. Who? So who's the titular? So they go into this big thing about how this one lawyer, a Memphis lawyer. That's bad. A Memphis lawyer. He was just like Rudy. Yeah. And then he got a good case. And he got a million billion dollars and he's the rainmaker in Memphis. So he, she was the rags to riches lawyer and Rudy uh, is constantly talking about like working for him and becoming him. Okay. So it's, and then he doesn't do it. And it's interesting that like he never becomes the rainmaker. And the fact that this movie is called the rainmaker and makes you believe that like exactly it's that's, this is the perfect example of like you adapt this book and you keep everything the same and then cut out everything that would actually make any fucking sense. Like the hubris to think that like everyone has read a 500 page and knows the reference. You know what I mean? It's like, it's this crazy. isn't Genghis Khan. This isn't like something like like everyone's taught in school. Like you were taught Genghis Khan in school. You just taught that Genghis Khan was awful. You know what I mean? It's like everyone's like you I don't know. Remember that? Well, you just like it's just like a figure. Like everyone like is aware a reference. I learned about Genghis Khan from Rocky and Bullwinkle. I think. Okay, well, you but you learned about Genghis Khan. Not everyone's going to know who the Rainmaker is, you know? <laughs> no one. You have to explain It's. That. I'm so glad you brought up the title because I had yeah. sort of forgotten about it. And it's the, the perfect analog, just quick shorthand of why this movie sucks is like, yeah, you didn't even bother. Yeah. Just kept it all the same and then just dumped most of it and yeah. made a movie and made $440 million. And yeah. Call it a fucking day. Yeah. Francis. You suck, Francis. Francis. Fucking... Ah, he's so annoying. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely asking this. Yeah, this, this is a, this is bad news. Don't want more rainmaker. No, but what I do want is the gingerbread man. Yeah, no, I'm excited about Altman. Altman's Grisham. We'll see. And does he come? What's his name? Come back. Is that another, um, uh, what's his name? Who is in, who's in, let me see who's in it. It's uh, it's got a weird cast like Kenneth Branagh. Oh, really? That's awesome. And uh, let's see. Uh, Ginger, the gunner. Uh, I'll probably cut all this out. This is boring. Um, There we go. Kenneth Branagh. Embeth Davids. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, Robert Downey. Daryl Hannah. Robert Duvall. Wow. uh, And then people I've never heard of. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a... I, I, I might actually do some research on this to see why he is involved in this. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It has a 5.7 on IMDb. I don't think it's very, and it's liked. hard to find, right? That's weird. Yeah. They must have I, not licensed it. The DVDs much. in my car. It came on. Remember DVDs that had like the full screen version on one side mm-hmm. and the yeah, yeah. version on the other. Yeah. Wow. I had to figure out it was the worst system because you never knew if it meant if you're looking at full screen. Yeah. Then that's the side, or if you're looking at full screen, the other side. Yeah. Right. Such so a bad usually system. you pick the wrong side. Yeah. Always. But I uh, I ripped. I mean. Ripped a I hole watched. in your shirt. I ripped a hole in my shirt while watching the gingerbread man in my car. Yeah. But happens. Yeah. You an Altman fan before we go? Um, not, not like a, no, not like a, I don't nerd out on his oeuvre, but I should, I feel like I've just, it's one I have these weird gaps. I know I went to film school, but I'm not like more of a generalist I'm more of like a comedy writer guy, mm. like stand up guy. Like I really haven't done a lot of the work of like real, you yeah. know, really doing the deep dives of like, you know, who's these your, legends. Who's your favorite filmmaker? Do you have a favorite filmmaker or one, I mean, one of yeah, your I mean, I like, top. I love, I mean, I watched a lot of like John Hughes growing okay. up and stuff, you know, like that kind of like, it's like, you know, these aren't like technical masters. They're just like comedy kind of I masters. John know? Hughes is considered a, a true, uh, one of the best, right? Well, yeah, but there's a certain kind of thing, you know? 
Yeah. Certain kind of thing. It's not, you know, they're not making, uh, you know, they're not making like the best films of our time necessarily to like. Oh, I think so. so. Probably. I mean, they Did are you read for comedy Ready Player people. One. What's that? Did you read Ready Player One or see it? I saw Ready Player One. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole John Hughes section of that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, I think the movies are great to me, but it's just like you know, okay. when you think about like the definition of like, yeah. the, you know, it's not Kurosawa, right? Or, exactly. Uh, some other guy, Fellini. You know. Fellini. Yeah, that's a good pasta. You read Fellini? Fellini over a little no. like uh, some like sun dried tomatoes. Oh my god, I gotta try this. <laughs> Can I-